Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Coach Prime will not be at Media Day on Friday. He gets a pass. I got several friends in the Pac-12 uh, conference media circle who are saying, "Hey, he's got his medical condition. Uh, maybe he didn't want to. Uh, maybe he didn't want to face questions about the transfer portal and the turnover of the roster. I don't know." Rick George, his athletic director, will be present there. I will try to get him and bring him onto the show. Uh, Oregon State fans, Jonathan Smith will be there. Dan Landing will be there. All of them will appear on Friday's show. Uh, Justin Spears is uh, the new guy on the beat at Arizona at the Tucson Star, hosts a radio show. He's a Heisman voter, uh, has done a terrific job covering Arizona sports. I got to know what he thinks of Arizona because I think they could be sneaky good, especially good on offense. Justin Spears joining us now. How are you, man? Doing great, John. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you making time for us. And, you know, I'm eager to see uh, Jed Fish. I remember when he was the new guy at Arizona and – didn't know much about him, and now I, you know, I'm excited to see what Arizona's going to look like. What questions does he have as media day comes on Friday? Well, of course, the the question that everyone wants to know about is regarding quarterback Jaden Delora. Uh, you know, this was, you know, an off season that was supposed to, you know, really bring some excitement, and it, it does still bring some excitement. But of course, you know, there was a stain on the off season when Jaden Delora. Uh, Arizona star quarterback settled a lawsuit stemming from his high school days in 2018 when he was accused of sexual assault. So dealing with that, that, that puts a stain on Arizona's offseason because, you know, you think about this, Arizona, they just beat ASU, you know, things were, things are on the up and up. They, yeah, they finished the season five and seven, but think about it. They ended the year one and 11 a year prior to that and was riding a 20 game losing streak. When Kevin Sumlin left the program he left it in pretty rough shape and jet fish and his staff have done an excellent job of restoring the talent restocking the shelves and getting depth for arizona now that it's in year three of this project arizona is expected to take flight and i think they will however unfortunately for arizona their quarterback has to answer some questions and Jaden delora and jet fish they've had two months to prepare for this and I think getting out and facing the music now, I think, is a great opportunity for them. And I commend them for it. You know, rather than, you know, keeping Jaden Delora from talking to the media, they're just going to roll him out there, allow him to face the music. And I think that's a good deal for Arizona. But as far as, you know, on the field questions for Jed Fish, you know, where is Arizona at right now in terms of the rebuild? Uh, the first year of getting the recruiting class together, they focused on getting Jaden Delora, Jacob Cowing. T-Mac, Tanner McLaughlin, the tight end. They got all these guys to be a part of the offense. Offense became the sixth best passing offense in college football a year ago. But the defense was really its Achilles heel. And if the defensive rushing defense wasn't so poor last year, I mean, we're talking about Arizona possibly going to a bowl game. You know, I look at that Cal game as a game where Arizona really had a handle on it. And then Jaden Ott went full Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl and just completely ran over Arizona. You know, the Wildcats gave up 300 yards on multiple occasions in games last season. So I think if they're able to shore up the rushing defense and address that area, and which they did by getting guys out of the transfer portal, 
uh, then I think Arizona is going to be a pretty decent team. But I, I just have a big question about the rushing defense and also, you know, how much are these young players developed? In the second half of last season, Jed Fish utilized a lot of true freshmen. Where are these guys at right now going into year two? So those are some major questions for Arizona. Is there discomfort in the fan base with the Jaden Delora settling the sex assault lawsuit, or is it mild discomfort? Is it just certain factions? Do people just need to hear from him? How do you sort of gauge the discomfort with that? You know, there are some people, you know, who have told me, you know, I'm not going to be watching Arizona with that guy as a quarterback. But I think majority of the fan base, they understand that this is uh, a very unique situation. And, you know, we don't have the details from the criminal lawsuit. So it's un- it's really unfair to Jaden to just, you know, assume that he is guilty of all this when all the details from the criminal case aren't disclosed to the public because they're juveniles. So um, it, it's really, really tough to gauge right now. But, you know, I also know a lot of Arizona fans are excited for Jaden Delora, and they're excited to see what he can do in year two under the system with Jet Fish. And, you know, Jaden, I think, you know, after spending the offseason with the Manning Passing Academy, I think, you know, with other camps also settling into Jet Fish's system, you know, when you think about the transfers last year, Michael Penix, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix even, you know, all these guys, yeah, they were transfer portal guys, year one players, but they were all reuniting with former coaches. Jaden Delora didn't really have that luxury, and he was learning a completely new system. So there were a lot of growing pains last year, and Jaden Delora still threw the third most yards by a quarterback in single season history at Arizona. So um, I think after going through all those growing pains, year two is going to be good for, for Jaden Delora, but yeah, they're, they're, in terms of your question, I, I think there's definitely a mixed bag, but more people are definitely leaning on the side of supporting Jaden. Yeah, and I think you know part of it is how is he going to handle this. There must be some level of confidence from Dave Hickey, the athletic director at Arizona, and the, yeah. and the media relations department with his maturity and how he will handle it. I'm eager to see what he's going to say. I've got questions for him. That said, let's talk football, the offensive sure. side of the ball. This feels like a team that can really score. Am I reading that right, that they they should be a team that puts up 35, 40 points a game? Yeah, and you you look at their pass catchers, number one, with Jacob Cowling, who led the Pac-12 in receptions a year ago. He was the only receiver to have 85 catches last season. Now he's coming back and is expected to be an all-Pac-12 receiver. And then you got T-Mac, Tetsuyaroa McMillan, who I know you guys are very familiar with up there in Oregon. You know, once upon a time in Oregon commit, now down here in Arizona. What I saw in spring was a new version of T-Mac. I mean, he was already a stellar athlete and was spectacular in year one, but after spending some time in the weight room and really, really settling in, the, the catches that he was making, the plays that he was making during spring ball, I think Tetsaro McMillan is going to take the Pac-12 by storm this year, and even college football. Uh, so I look at, you know, T-Mac, Jacob Cowling, those two guys right there are as good as any tandem in the country, in my per- personal opinion. But um, those two guys are going to be big-time scorers. And also I think, you know, what's, what's going to be the ultimate success or the key to Arizona's success is what's going on up front, right? You can't do anything unless you got a great offensive line. And, you know, I think the biggest win for Arizona this offseason was getting left tackle Jordan Morgan back. Now, Jordan was supposed to be – 
maybe a late first rounder, definitely a day two pick in this past year's NFL draft, but getting that knee injury against UCLA, which would have derailed him from pro day and getting ready for the NFL draft, Jordan decided, you know what, I'm going to come back for one more year, improve my draft stock, maybe become a first round pick, and then we'll see where, where we go moving forward. But I think Jordan Morgan coming back, being fully healthy at left tackle, was a huge win for Arizona. And then Jonas Savayanea, their freshman All-American on the O-line, they're probably going to put him at right tackle. And then they have this other guy coming in, in Raymond Polito, who was once upon a time an Alabama commit. You know, that just goes to show what, what the job that Jet Fish and his staff have done. They were mm-hmm. able to flip a guy from Alabama to Arizona. Like, when's the last time that ever happened? But I think Raymond Polito is going to come in and possibly take over one of those guard spots. And Arizona's offensive line is in, in a pretty good shape. The offense is going to be just fine, guys. It's the other side of the ball that I'm really concerned with, and we'll see what they do. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Um, you know, I know that Arizona, maybe aside from Colorado, has used the transfer portal better than anybody this last off season. How much better did they get on defense? I thought they got really better on uh, – a lot better on defense, I should say, uh, because they got Jacob Manu, this undersized linebacker from Servite. He was – the you know the lowest rated recruit of the Servite quartet that came to Arizona, you know, along with T Mac and Kean Burnett and Noah Fafita, but you know he really made the most impactful plays last season. Uh, you look at the rivalry game against ASU, plays late in that fourth quarter that didn't show up on the box score for Jacob Manu, he was responsible for. Uh, so Jacob Manu was really the unsung hero for Arizona in their success last season, and so I think after developing in year one, he's going to be more of a leader at that will linebacker spot. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what Jacob Manu can do, but other prospects that I think, you know, people should keep an eye on is the guy that you, once again, you guys are familiar with in Justin flow. He, he had some injury issues. Uh, also would, you know, play so chaotic and so reckless that he would abandon his assignments. And you can't do that at the college level. You can, Utilize your athleticism and your physicality at the high school level and just be an absolute beast. But at the next level, at Power 5, man, you've got to be able to be responsible as a linebacker. And that's something that Justin Flo is learning under Johnny Mansman. You can only take so much from spring ball, right, because you're going up against your own teammates. So, of course, we still need to wait and see what's going on with Justin Flo. But I loved his progress this spring. I love the the defensive linemen that they got out of the portal in Tyler Manoa and Bill Norton. You know, they're a couple of 6'5", 300-plus pounders. They're not going to be guys that show up on the box score because they're just going to be gap fillers, and that's going to allow Jacob Manu and Justin Flo and these hard-hitting linebackers to really do their job. And, of course, the secondary is also the big thing that I'm worried about because last season Arizona finished last in interceptions in the Pac-12. But Isaiah Taylor, the son of Jason Taylor, NFL Hall of Fame linebacker, he looks like an absolute ball hawk. I mean, he had maybe about seven or eight interceptions during spring ball this past season. So I think Arizona's defense is going to take a step forward. Now, is it going to, are they going to be world beaters and be the best in the Pac-12? Absolutely not. But, man, if you could just get off the field on third down and give that high-powered offense a chance, now we're talking about Arizona going to a bowl game, which hasn't happened in, what, six years? So. Arizona's going to start this season with a home game against Northern Arizona. They will go to Starkville, Mississippi, play Mississippi State. Then 
UTEP at home in the non-conference. What do you expect in those first three games from Arizona? Man, this is going to be really tough. I mean, NAU, it's going to be kind of a easy game for Arizona, I believe. And, you know, the Wildcats, the last time they played NAU, the, the Lumberjacks won. It was the first time that NAU had beaten Arizona since 1932. I mean, that was very rock bottom for the program. That was year one for Jet Fish. I don't think Arizona's going to have any issues with NAU this time around. You know, and then, you know, we're, we're also looking at, you know, Mississippi State. That is the, the first game uh, at home for the Bulldogs since Mike Leach had passed away. Um, so that's going to be a really tough game. Uh, I, I think, you know, the, the crowd is going to be raucous. It's going to be very emotional. And so I, I think that's going to be a very uphill battle for Arizona. But, hey, don't sleep on the Wildcats possibly pulling off the upset. Um, I think very confidently I can say that Arizona will finish the non-conference schedule 2-1. and one. We're talking to Justin Spears. If you uh, are interested you can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin E Sports writer podcaster yes, Tucson star. Um, give me an idea. What are Arizona fans talking about? Because from the outside in, I want to talk to Jed Fish about you know uh, how's the defense going to be? Uh, well, you know, offensively, do you you know do you have all the pieces? Will you rely less on the transfer portal? But what are the diehard uh, Arizona fans thinking about at this point of the season? Diehard Arizona fans are just saying, please get us to a bowl game. All you got to do is win six games and get us to a bowl game. Make us relevant again, and that's all we ask for. Yeah, Arizona, Arizona football fans, they're not easy to please. Or they're, they're very easy to please, I should say. You know, they're not like Arizona basketball fans. Arizona basketball fans are shaking their fists, wanting this program to go to the Final Four every single year and are you know, greatly disappointed when they don't make it to the Final Four. Arizona football fans are like, listen, we are who we are. All you got to do is win that last regular season game of the year against Arizona State and then get to a bowl game and win the bowl game. And that's a successful season. That's all Arizona fans want. They, if Arizona, I mean, Arizona could go to the New Mexico Bowl every year. As long as they beat ASU in the process, Arizona fans would still be happy with that. And now Arizona fans are very comfortable. They're very happy that – you know, they go five and seven and they finish the season on a high note. And now all these guys are coming back and the program is on the up and up. And, oh, they're still recruiting at a high level. Things are great right now. Let's see in year three if they can get over that six-game threshold and go bowling. I also think, you know, that this Pac-12 media rights deal is going to dominate media day. George Klyovkov, the commissioner, is going to have to face hard questions. Do Arizona fans want to be in the Pac-12? Are they divided on wanting to be in the Pac-12? Where do, what's Take the temperature for us. So a lot of fans, I would say, out here in Tucson, are definitely leaning more towards Arizona going to the Big 12. Uh, I feel bad for George Klyavkov because really, I mean, he's cleaning up a, a decades-long mess right now, left behind by his predecessor and Larry Scott. Um but, you know, with the, the right deal not being done right now and really the conference in a very vulnerable state, I think a lot of Arizona fans are more willing to accept the fact that the Pac-12 just is very weak right now. And I think they would, wouldn't mind going to the Big 12 because you think about it, Arizona is going to be thinking about this from a basketball standpoint. You go to the Big 12, and we're talking about Kansas 
Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, uh, Oklahoma State. You know, these are great basketball programs that you can compete against. And then with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, Oklahoma State's top dog in the Big 12. Like, you can do something in the Big 12 and maybe even, you know, compete for bowl games here in a year out. So I think that Arizona fans, they understand that the Pac-12 right now is in a very weak spot and maybe the best bet is for the Wildcats to go to the Big 12. That's just how Arizona fans are thinking yeah. right now. I would love to see Arizona actually go to the Big 12 if the Pac-12 uh, doesn't, you know, pull a meteorite deal out of its butt. But, yeah, that's that's where it's at right now, Arizona to the Big 12. I think they're going to get a deal. And the question is, if they get a deal and the money's the same, does Arizona believe that it can fare better in the Big 12 conference than it does in the Pac-12? And I and I keep looking at you know conference tournament championships, you know you 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 win the conference tournament last year. Tommy Lloyd wins it, he won it in 2022, he won it 2017, 2018. I wonder if Arizona can win it at all in the Big 12. It's going to be tough, and you know, you've got to go to now the Big 12 tournament, which is what in Kansas City, I think, and you know you're going from dominating Las Vegas. I mean, you guys have been to T-Mobile Arena and MGM when Arizona's there. I mean, they, they dominate Las Vegas. Now you're going to Kansas City where it's majority Kansas fans. I'm curious to see how that dynamic goes. And you know, Kansas is still a blue blood in college basketball. They're still the who's who. And then top to bottom, the Big 12 is as good as it gets. But I think you, you, know, you go back and you look at Tommy Lloyd in the non-conference. The Wildcats have some very impressive wins in non-conference play over the last couple of years under Tommy Lloyd, including winning the the, the Maui Invitational. So um, I think Arizona can compete in the Big 12 uh, when it comes to basketball. Football, I mean, we'll see who's in charge. I mean, if, if Jed Fish is running the show, I feel very confident that Arizona can compete in the Pac-12. But um, I, like I said, without Oklahoma and Texas, I, I think Arizona, they're able to maybe have a good year every few years and just remain relevant. We're talking to Justin Spears covering Arizona sports. Love your energy, man. Love your knowledge. Justin, we'll get you back on. Uh, will you be at Media Day? Are you locked in for Media Day on Friday? Viva Las Vegas, guys. I'll see you there. All right. All right. I will see you there. Justin Spears, there he is from the Daily Star in Tucson. Find it interesting to take the temperature in Tucson. See, if I'm an Arizona basketball fan, I would be thinking a lot like a Gonzaga basketball fan. Gonzaga's dominated the WCC. It wins some non-conference games that it can handpick, and then it positions itself to be a one, two, three seed in the NCAA tournament in today's world. You throw Gonzaga into the Big 12, the calculus changes. It's Texas Tech, it's Kansas, it's Kansas State, it's Oklahoma State. It's a different ball game. Maybe you're not a one, two, three seed. Maybe you're a six seed. Maybe you're a five seed. Maybe you're an eight or a nine seed because your day in and day out rank and file conference game not going to be as easy as it is in the WCC. And for Arizona, that has fared very well in the last five, six years in particular in the Pac-12. Forget vacated games, whatnot. Let's, let's just say it. Arizona has been good, good enough to win the conference, good enough to win the conference tournament. You throw them in the Big 12, are you sure you want that if you're an Arizona fan? If the money's the same? And I find it interesting, some of the reporting that is going on in Tucson in particular, 
like the 24/7 sp- site in Tucson. I I muted it. It it's not sourced. It's not relevant. It's barely on planet Earth. It's a lot of nonsense that is being spouted, and it's uns you know frankly it's just unsourced guesswork, and and you know for, for I'm wondering how much of the fan base is buying into that. And then what do you do when the Pac-12 gets the deal? Because even Justin Spears, he says, if the Pac-12 pulls a media deal out of its butt, what makes anybody think that the Pac-12 is not going to get a deal? Presidents, commissioner, unless they're lying, and I guess that's a thing in today's world, unless they're lying and misleading, they appear headed to a deal. And I think, I frankly think in any other world, in any other decade of college athletics, None of us would be tuned into the media rights deal when it was expiring, how long it had been. Hell, I, I have no idea when the Pac-12 negotiated their rights before. How long did it take? How close were they? You know, how long did they have to wait? And what was the ultimate? You know, we just, they announced the deal when they got the deal. We're just in different times. I want you to leave it here. You got the BFT. Our big splash is coming up. Well, Northwestern, uh... No, Northwestern's got a problem. Civil rights attorney, uh, has come out and is, uh saying that uh, the law firm that is representing some of the Northwestern University football players who uh, say that there is some rampant hazing going on, uh, the law firm has received uh, a whole bunch of other reports of hazing within Northwestern University's athletic department. Um, uh, Civil rights attorney Ben Crump and some other attorneys say that this is uh, at least 15 people that they're representing, and they've been in touch with dozens of other former athletes that are uh, that are coming forth. So uh, there is a uh, big time potential here that um, there is a looming crisis, or at least uh, everybody trying to get in on the lawsuit at uh, at Northwestern. Stephen, help me out. You played on a bunch of teams. Your wife's a coach. How rampant is hazing? How big of a problem is hazing? I think it's different levels everywhere. I think there's always going to be like a like a seniority type of thing, but I you know the this Northwestern case has taken it to a whole new level. So that is considered hazing. There's other things that I would say where I wouldn't consider it hazing, but it's more like you know you're the you're the youngest on, or you're the lowest on the totem pole, so you got to do you know whether it's sweep the floor or, you know, clean up after thing, stuff like that. I don't consider that hazing, but this Northwestern stuff goes on way too, crosses the line. So I don't think it's a huge problem across all type of schools and sports, but I do think it is slight problems places. But what is hazing about in your mind? What is it? What is the, you know, why do people haze? I, I think people just love to have the power. I think that I think it's some people really buy into tradition tradition. Like it seems like the Northwestern case was all about tradition. This has been going on for years and years. And so they continue it and then people just don't like to change and stand up. But now people are standing up for themselves. And I think it's good. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like I, I could never be a part of is something there, like that. But is there a good hazing that goes on? Uh, no, I don't really necessarily think so. No, no good hazing. Team? Does that cause team building or something? If no, there is no, there's no good, no good, ha- no good hazing. I do think that, Sometimes the younger kids can do things, you know, like I said, sweep the floor and stuff like that. But hazing, there's no room for it. Well, we will have Punch It Audio coming up. Best sound from all around. We'll cover it all. The NFL running backs are restless. Plus, we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Baltimore. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but. 
If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.